Hello! This is Ken coming at you with the second episode of Avatar and the Sacred Text. So if you remember from last week, I started a journey where I am going to watch through the animated series Avatar The Last Bender. So each week I'm going to view uh, an episode with a different theme. Last week I talked about belonging. So I talked about how Katara and Sokka belong to the Water Tribe and how they feel that belonging in different ways. So you remember Sokka feels belonging by providing provision and security to his tribe. He's a warrior. Whereas on the other hand, Katara feels belonging by remembering and keeping ancient traditions, uh, more specifically waterbending, because she's obviously from the water tribe. Uh, I talked about Aang a little bit. Now he feels belonging through his connection to his past lives. Uh, he just doesn't know it yet. Um, by he also feels belonging through the love and acceptance he gets from Katara and Appa. Finally, I talked about Prince Zuko. Uh, he contrasts the uh, trio sense of belonging by his lack of belonging. He's been exiled from the Fire Nation. He effectively has no tribe, and he feels that by capturing the Avatar, he can reclaim that sense of belonging. Uh, what Zuko doesn't realize is that his belonging and honor come from the same place as his firebending. As Uncle Iroh says, uh, not from uh, pure will and muscle, but from deep down. So this comes from um, certain forms of Hinduism and Buddhism. And uh, it taps into the idea of chakras. So in case you don't know, a chakra is an area of the body that is connected with power. So it's no coincidence that the firebending comes from the shirt third chakra. Um, right uh, from the belly button kind of up to the sternum, that kind of middle area there is the third chakra. So um, it's, uh, that is the uh, Manipura chakra as it's called, and it is uh, the source of personal power. It governs self, it seems. It has a warrior energy and the power of transformation, right? And so we see all of those things over the course of the series. Um, we see all of those things in Zuko, right? We see his warrior energy. We see him transform. Uh, we see him turn his firebending from anger into... A more pure form of firebending, as we'll see in the third uh, the third season, uh, and this is why un or I, Uncle Iroh tells Zuko to tap into his inner strength, because uh, that's where his sense of belonging and his sense of power come from. I also discussed the idea of the sacred and what is sacred, as I mentioned last time. The dictionary uh, defines. Uh, the sacred as to treat or regard with great respect and reverence by a particular religion, group, or individual. So to me that says, for something to be sacred, it needs to be connected with something. And it's that connection to our lives that makes something more sacred. So the question uh, that can be raised is, why choose Avatar as a sacred text? So a couple reasons why... Uh, I have chosen Avatar as a sacred text. Uh, the first one is it's one of the best animated series out there. Uh, the series turned 
15 this year. Uh, and its Rotten Tomato score is 99%, which is crazy. Uh, the storytelling, the character arcs, uh, the and the animation are superb. Um, especially the storytelling and the char- character arcs. The, uh, the writers uh, did such a great job of developing each character over the course of the series. And, I mean, even the filler, filler episodes, uh, which aren't there aren't very many, are excellent. Uh, so it is certainly past the test of time. So I watched this uh, series when it aired originally, and now that my kids are old enough, I have introduced it to them. Uh, and they ate it up, binge-watching the entire first season in about a week. Uh, I, uh, I must admit, I didn't really do anything to discourage it, because I enjoy watching the series, as you might know, and uh, I watched it along with them for the first time. And so I think for something to pass the test of time, it needs to be culturally relevant. Um, the themes that are found within the series are just applicable as today as they were in 2005. Themes of justice, acceptance, and equality can be found within the series. Um, and because of that reason, I think we can look at it to see if we can get more out of it other than just sheer entertainment. So the second reason I chose to treat Avatar as a sacred text uh, is because there have been a few more a few times where the show has made me think. Um, it's given me a voice to express my feelings, um, things that I've been thinking, and some of my frustrations. Uh, it's a series that is deeply rooted within spiritual practice. Uh, and because of that, I think it is um, fitting to dive deeper into it. So, uh, let me know what you think. Send me uh, a voicemail um, and uh, let me know what you think of it. So, before we get started uh, and dive into this week's theme, I want to uh, give you a brief overview of the episode, just in case you haven't watched it. Okay? So, I encourage you to. It's available on Netflix. Uh, You can probably also find it on YouTube. Uh, So, yes. Here is um, kind of a brief rundown of the second episode. All right, so the uh, episode is called The Avatar Returns. um, And it's kind of a continuation of last week's episode. Actually, the first three episodes are kind of one big intro arc, okay? Um, So Aang and Katara are exploring a derelict Fire Nation vessel, and they accidentally set off a flare which alerts Zuko and company. Aang and Katara, they head back to the village where Sokka accuses Aang of being a Fire Nation spy and he banishes him from the village. Uh, Katara protests and even threatens to go with Aang, uh, but Aang doesn't want to get in between Katara and her tribe and family, so he, you know, kind of encourages her to stay home, which she is quite sad about. So the cuts to like Aang and Appa chilling in an infinity sign made of snow. Some interesting imagery there. You know, Aang being the avatar after all, like, you know, presumably the avatar will stretch on into infinity. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into that, but whatever. So he's chilling in that, uh, chilling in the snow there with uh, Appa. And uh, they see the Zuko's uh, fire, uh, fire Nation ship heading for the village. So he's like, bah! 
uh, I have to help them. It's kind of like my fault that this happened. So he uh, jumps down and, uh, you know, takes off to help. He's like, Appa, stay here. And Appa's like, you know, kind of in the way Appa does. All right. So meanwhile, Sokka prepares for battle. Um, you know, he we see him, you know, putting on his war paint, uh, you know, making sure his weapons are all ready. You know, and, you know, he looks at the uh, this bowl of fire, you know, kind of symbolizing, you know, he's that's what he's up against. So the Fire Nation attacks. They basically drive their ship right into the village. Sokka, while brave, is rather foolish and, you know, makes a, you know, a running, a, you know, a running attack at uh, Zuko. So he attacks him head on. Zuko basically is just like blonk and uh, boots him off the ship. So... Sokka's a little bit unsuccessful. Uh, one of the most endearing uh, moments of the episodes uh, is when one of the younglings says, Show no fear! Show no fear. That's so cute. Uh, if you remember, it's the uh, little boy who was always like, I have to and uh, much to uh, Sokka's uh, irritation. So that's the little boy. You know, he tosses him a, a spear and is like, show no fear. Totally awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, he, you know, he attacks or that Sokka attacks Zuko again uh, very unsuccessfully. And he's uh, rather humiliated in the exchange. Uh, so Zuko is uh, keeps terrorizing the village until Aang arrives and uh, you know, Aang comes sliding in on a, a penguin, which is to a totally awesome way to uh, enter the scene. Uh, so this is the first instance where we really see how bending can be used for combat. Um, so they, uh, Zuko and Aang face off, they circle. Uh, Zuko's like, bah, and like attacks, and Aang fends off his attacks with firebending. Uh, but Aang doesn't want to want anybody else to get hurt he could see this uh going very badly if it continues so he surrenders himself uh zuko thinks he has won uh the fight and uh starts the journey home uh he proclaims set sail for the fire nation i'm going home you know he thinks he's totally victorious um you know one perfect incident or uh incident a uh, perfect example of you know celebrating too early so, uh, but, uh, you know, he doesn't, he, uh, doesn't really know how resourceful Aang can be. Uh, Aang is walking down the hallway with two Fire Nation soldiers, taking him to, like, the prison hold, and Aang is like, I bet you I can take you with both hands tied behind my back. Uh, and, you know, he begins his escape with that. So Aang breaks out, and, uh, he fights Zuko on board the ship. Uh, meanwhile, Katara and Sokka, along with Appa, are on their way to rescue Aang. Uh, there's a great exchange uh, where, you know, Katara being the, you know, eternal optimist is like, come on, you can do it. And uh, Sokka is like, go up, ascend. So I, I it's really funny. So I'm going to play you uh, that little, a little clip of that exchange um, right now. 
go. Fly. Soar. Please, Appa. We need your help. Aang needs your help. Up. Ascend. Elevate. Sokka doesn't believe you can fly. But I do, Appa. Come on, don't you want to save Aang? What was it that kid said? Yeehaw. Hup, hup. Wahoo. Yip, yip. I just think that's such a funny clip and uh you know it kind of shows uh the different personalities there uh between uh katara and uh her brother so uh the uh the gang arrive uh just in time to see um ang being thrown overboard by zuko's attack um so ang is sinking down into the depths uh he hears katara you know shout out his name and uh he enters the Avatar state in order to survive. So, um, while this was the first example of, you know, uh, bending being used for combat, uh, this is also the first time we get to see uh, the Avatar state and how powerful Aang can be. So, uh, he summons a water spout. Uh, you know, he comes launching out of the water and he sweeps everybody overboard. Uh, and then promptly passes out. So, uh, Katara also does a little water bending to deal with the remaining soldiers. Uh, you know, she improvises a little bit. And uh, Sokka gets revenge on Zuko for his humiliating loss earlier uh, by, you know, bonking him on the head with Aang's staff. And he's like, that's from the Water Tribe! So the gang flies off, leaving, um, you know, Zuko and Iroh on board. Uh, Zuko is like, shoot him down, and uh, they shoot fire at him, or at, uh, toward Appa and the gang. Uh, Aang kind of recovers, just in time to uh, redirect that uh, fireball ball, uh, into the side of a glacier, which causes an avalanche and effectively buries the ship. So the, uh, the, um... The episode ends uh, with the formation of Team Avatar. Um, so there's uh, Katara, Sokka, and Appa right now. More to be added later. And the episode ends with the, the team, team Avatar flying off into the sunset. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the episode. Uh, it's a pretty decent one. Uh, and then next, uh, next week's episode will kind of finish off this little bit of a a uh, little bit of a story arc here. So yeah, that's the episode. So this week, uh, we are going to be looking at the episode through the theme of risk. So uh, I just want to highlight a few areas where I see uh, risk. So the first one is when uh, Katara stands up to her brother and tribe uh, when Sokka wants to uh, banish Aang. Uh, I like this because, you know, we see kind of like how passionate and fiery Katara can be. 
and uh you know she takes a kind of a big risk it's like her against everybody right and uh you know she could have easily just said like okay whatever right um you know it's it's really hard i think to stand up uh and voice a kind of a different opinion uh than you know your loved ones right so she takes a big risk there uh, you know, Sokka could have said, or, or Grand Grand or any of the other adults could have said, well, then, yeah, you're out too, right? Uh, but uh, Katara, you know, launches a preemptive strike there and was like, if you banish Aang, I'm leaving too. Um, you know, and uh, here also she uh, kind of like right there decides that, uh, you know, she's going to take that risk uh, to join Aang and uh, go find a waterbending master, right? Uh, she loves uh, Sokka, she loves her tribe, but she realizes that, you know, it's time to, like, step out. Alright? So that's the, the first instance. Uh, the second uh, one that I like to, that I noticed throughout this episode is uh, Sokka getting ready for battle. And uh, so Sokka is really the only, he's the only, like, man, I guess. Uh, in the village, right? There's uh, a bunch of sm younger children. Uh, there's Grand Grand, who's like the elder. And then there's kind of like, uh, you know, a good uh, portion of women, including Katara, right? So, you know, Sokka has taken it upon himself to defend the tribe. So, uh, you know, he takes a big risk here when he realizes that the Fire Nation... Uh, ship is going to attack, right? We see him uh, preparing his weapons. Um, you know, he puts on his face paint. You know, he checks out his uh, his club and his boomerang to make sure they're all, you know, kind of in working order. Um, and the thing about this too um, that I kind of realized as I was watching this is um, Zuko, or not Zuko, sorry, Sokka doesn't really have any, like, formal training um in uh tribes and villages like this it would be the men of the village who would take the boys uh in this kind of like uh in uh, in this age group uh and they would take them out and they would show them how to be men and show them how to be warriors right uh the the boys would have been watching their their fathers like hunt and fish and um do all those like practical things that can uh, easily transfer into kind of battle type things, right? So Sokka doesn't have any training whatsoever, but, you know, he still is like, you know, as the oldest male here, uh, it is my duty and my job to protect my tribe. So, uh, you know, he takes a big risk by kind of stepping up into that role. And, uh, you know, he, he takes an even bigger risk, you know, when he's standing on the wall and the the Fire Nation ship is coming in and he stands his ground. Uh, you know, we see that he's a little bit afraid, but he's very courageous um, in this scene, right? He doesn't move at all when the ship is coming in. So he takes a big risk. Um, you know, he also takes a risk when he uh, tries to take on Zuko, right? Even though he's unsuccessful. Uh, you know, he's going up against a much stronger opponent, a, a better trained opponent, right? Uh, in the first episode, we see Zuko, you know, practicing his firebending, right? You know, he ha Zuko has people to, to practice with. He has an instructor. Uh, Sokka has nobody 
but his own imagination, right? So he launches into that uh, that attack, um, rather foolhardy, uh, but it's a big risk none- nonetheless. A uh, another area that I noticed um, is Zuko getting ready to fight the Avatar, and uh, you know Zuko assumes that the Avatar it has had a century to master all four elements, right? Uh, Zuko is a teenager. Uh, going up against uh, a master, right? A novice versus a master. Because uh, that's kind of what uh, Sokka is, or Zuko is uh, in this episode, right? He's a novice firebender. Like, he's he's decent, but, uh, you know, he's, he's taken the risk to be like, you know what? The only way of reclaiming my sense of belonging and reclaiming my honor is to capture the Avatar. Right, so I'm going to do that or die trying. So we see him, you know, getting on his armor, and you know he has his game face on. Right, he's gonna go take on uh, this uh, this powerful being who has mastered all four elements. So that's uh, quite quite the risk there. Um, Aang, I would like to talk about uh, another instance is when Aang risks his freedom to protect Katara. Sokka and the rest of the tribe, right? So Zuko and Aang are fighting. Uh, Aang realizes that uh, innocent people could get hurt if it continues, so he stops. Um, he has a lot of self-control there, and uh, he takes a big risk. He could, uh, you know, uh, in saying, "Hey, uh, if I come with you, uh, will you um, will you leave everybody alone?" You know, uh, it's a risk that pays off. Um, Aang, I think, uh, being quite resourceful, he knows that, uh, you know, aboard the ship, he probably will have more instance, uh, you know, more opportunity to escape, and, uh, then he protects, like, innocent people. But it's still quite, quite a risk, right? Like, um, you know, out of everybody on that ship, Iroh, uh, you know, the Dragon of the West, uh, pretty much only he has the ability to stop Aang, uh, but, uh, you know, Aang, like, pops into his room and sees, uh, sees Uncle Iroh, like, snoring away, and he's like, sorry, and, like, tiptoes out, right? Um, so yeah, Aang takes a risk to protect, uh, Katara, Sokka, and the rest of the tribe, uh, and it's a risk that pays off, because he's ultimately able to, uh, gain his freedom. And, uh, lastly, uh, I'd like to talk about, uh, kind of the exchange uh, between Katara and Sokka, or yeah, Katara and Sokka, and uh, the risks that they're taking, uh, leaving their tribe and leaving their home, leaving everything they've known, uh, leaving their sense of belonging to set out to rescue Aang. Right? They don't know what's going to happen, and uh, you know Sokka, he has uh, pulled up the canoe, he's loaded it up, and they're ready to go after them in a canoe. Right? Like a canoe versus a warship. You know, they will be paddling for a long time, right? Um, even, uh, you know, Katara is like, you know, we're going to need something more than a canoe. And that's kind of when Appa shows up. And uh, lastly, I want to talk about Grand Grand. Uh, you know, she catches Katara and Sokka um, making plans to leave. And she's like, what are you doing? And... Um, you know, they're like, ah, uh, you know, and she hands them some bedrolls and some food, I presumably. Um, she's like, you're going to need this stuff. You have a long journey ahead, right? Um, you know, so she is uh, releasing 
uh, Katara and Sokka out into the into the like out into the world, right? Uh, they're the two oldest children of the tribe. Um, you know, Sokka is the only warrior. Katara is the only bender of the tribe, right? So she is uh, essentially releasing her security, right? Uh, but she, um, you know, has something greater than uh, security, and that's hope. And uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna play you uh, the the clip um, of uh, Katara, uh, Sokka, and Grand Grand in just a sec, because um, that's uh, what we're gonna we're gonna look at that for our sacred practice today. So yeah, um, yeah, Grand Grand takes a big risk by releasing Katara and Sokka kind of into the wild so they can go and rescue Aang. So where did you see risk uh, throughout this episode? Uh, Leave me a comment or uh, send me a voicemail. Okay, so uh, now we're going to uh, get into our uh, sacred practice for this week. So, uh, for the next several episodes, we are going to be doing uh, a practice called uh, Lectio Divina, um, or Lexio Divina, however you want to say it, uh, Divine Reading. Um, so, basically, what we are going to do is we are going to, quote-unquote, read or listen to a, uh, a little segment from the episode. Uh, and then we're going to walk through kind of the four steps of Lexio Divina. So if you remember from last week, the first step is, uh, you know, we're asking what is literally happening in this short clip? Uh, we are placing this, uh, you know, clip into the larger plot of the episode. All right. Uh, the second step is the uh, we're looking for allegory. OK, so what is the allegorical meaning of the clip? OK. Uh, are we reminded of images or um, stories um, from uh, like other things that you've read or seen, right? Um, which kind of leads us into uh, stories from our life. So that's step number three. So we're going to kind of relate this clip to something that we have personally experienced. All right. So we talk about a story from our life. And the last step is um, the kind of the outward focus, the application, if you will. So the last uh, step four is uh, asks, um, what is this uh, segment asking us to do? Okay, is there a calling uh, in this segment? And uh, if so, what is it? And uh, how does that look like in our own lives? All right, so with that in mind, uh, let's have a listen to this week's clip. We have to go after that ship, Sokka. Aang saved our tribe. Now we have to save him. Katara, I... Why can't you realize that he's on our side? If we don't help him, no one will. I know you don't like Aang, but we owe him... Katara! Are you gonna talk all day, or are you coming with me? <gasps> Sokka! Get it. We're going to save your boyfriend. He's not my... Whatever. What do you two think you're doing? You'll need these. You have a long journey ahead of you. It's been so long since I've had hope. 
But you brought it back to life, my little waterbender. And you, my brave warrior, be nice to your sister. Yeah, okay, Gran. Ang is the Avatar. He's the world's only chance. You both found him for a reason. Now your destinies are intertwined with his. There's no way we're gonna catch a warship with a canoe. Appa! You just love taking me out of my comfort zone, don't you? Okay, so uh, we're just gonna walk our, our way through the steps. So as I mentioned, the first step is uh, just what is literally happening in this short clip? Uh, where does it fall into the larger story? So uh, Sokka and Katara are preparing to leave. Um, at first, Katara thinks she needs to convince Sokka to rescue um, Aang, but uh, she finds out that uh, he's already loaded the canoe and they're ready to go. Uh, Grand Grand shows up. Uh, the kids think that they're totally busted and that she's going to be like, where do you think you're going? But uh, instead, she hands them a passage or a package uh, and wishes them good luck. Uh, Katara wonders uh, how they are going to catch a warship uh, with a canoe. Uh, and then Appa shows up and uh, the two or the yeah the kids and Appa um, head out to uh, rescue Aang. So that's step one. Uh, what's literally happening. Step two is, uh, are there any uh, images, stories, or allegories that we can see uh, in this uh, clip? So I think for me, the big image uh, in this clip is that of hope. Uh, so Grand Grand says, uh, it's been a long time since I've had hope and you've brought it back to me, my little waterbender, referring to Katara. So even though it's a risk for Gran uh, to let her kids go, uh, she knows that the Avatar is the world's only hope, right? And she uh, holds on to that. Uh, I also think the affirmations that she gives to uh, Katara and Sokka are, like, super important. Uh, you know, she calls Katara a waterbender, uh, and she calls Sokka a warrior. Uh, both things that they're kind of both uh, doubting right now, right? Sokka had a humiliating defeat, and, uh, you know, Katara wasn't able to, is hardly able to do any waterbending, right? Uh, but Grand Grand sees their potential. Uh, in, uh, in those affirmations and doing so, I think Grand Grand has given them a little bit of hope, right? She, uh, she's given them a piece of hope, uh, through these affirmations, and that bit of hope is that they will be successful on their journey. So step three is, uh, what does this remind you from your own life? So talk about a story from your life. Uh, so for me, uh, this little clip reminds me of the times uh, in my life where people have given me bits of their hope uh, just through affirmation. So most recently, I had been lacking hope uh, that I will have a teaching good job come September. Uh, I was passed over for a couple jobs that I uh, really wanted and uh, I was super bummed. Right? So I was like really down in the dumps, but there were lots of people. Uh, there were co-workers, there were my amazing wife and uh, my dad who all affirmed that I was indeed a good teacher and uh, encouraged me that, you know what, something more amazing will show up. Uh, and wouldn't you know, a week later I got offered a job in none of it, of all places, right? Uh, 
So from, you know, being totally down in the dumps to being full of hope um, of like a, a really amazing experience uh, next year. So step four is uh, what is this clip asking us to do? What is the calling or application? So I think this clip is calling us to do one of the riskiest things ever, to hope in something. Uh, hope uh, can be uh, both powerful and like super dangerous. Um, hope can get us through tough times, but when our hopes are dashed, it can lead us to despair. Uh, and there have been uh, many times when I have been in the state of despair and it is like really hard to get out of. So for me, I think the calling here is to take a risk and keep hoping uh, in uh, like a good future, right? Uh, even when it's uh, really hard. Uh, but not only uh, take a risk in hoping, but uh, kind of connecting back to the last episode, um, surround yourself uh, with people who can give you uh, bits of their own hope through positive affirmations. Find a tribe, uh, find a place to belong, uh, find people who love and care and respect you that when you are lacking hope, they can give you uh, bits of their hope. So there we go. Uh, that is our um, four-step spiritual practice, uh, Lexio Divina. And uh, that is all I have for today's episode. Uh, I want uh, to thank you for joining me. And uh, we will continue next week um, in episode three, The Southern Air Temple. And I'm going to be looking um, at that uh, episode through the theme of expectations. All right, so once again, thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, I hope that you can have hope uh, this week. And uh, we will see you uh, next time for episode three of Avatar and the Sacred Text. All right, that's all for now. Until next time, bye-bye.